0: The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not contain or constitute and should not be interpreted as any form of medical advice or opinion. You should always seek the advice of your healthcare provider about any questions or concerns that you may have. Hello everyone. My name is Juliana Aiken. I'm the host of The Unfiltered Podcast and a co-founder of Unfiltered. Today I'm interviewing Luciana Gerard. She's a registered counselor and narcissistic abuse specialist, and she will guide us through all the steps necessary to emotionally detach from a narcissist. Drawing from her personal experience of narcissistic abuse in relationships with parents, siblings, partners, and friends, along with her extensive study of academic research on narcissism, she's well-equipped to help us navigate this journey of emotional detachment. In step one of this series, we examined what we crave in relationships with narcissists and looked at ways to fulfill these needs ourselves. Step two took us through the telltale signs of a narcissist. In step three, we delved into the trauma triangle concept and its role in interactions with a narcissistic individual. Step four centered around the tough realization that we can't change the narcissistic individual. In step 5, we explored the process of building ourselves up. Step 6 concentrated on the essential practice of setting boundaries. In step 7, we exposed the hooks narcissistic individuals use to pull us back into relationships and interactions with them for their own benefit. And today, in step 8, Luciana will guide us through the power games and strategies narcissists often utilize to dominate relationship dynamics. Together with the previous and forthcoming steps, this eighth step will better equip us to emotionally detach from individuals displaying narcissistic traits. Let's get started.
1: So today I'm going to talk about their power games. Because with a narcissistic person, it's absolutely crucial that they maintain and hold the power all the time, even in silly, ridiculous situations, you know, daily situations that we wouldn't even consider anything. Um, but they, they have this just need to take power of everything. So that can be either, you know, winning something, being right, just being in a superior position to you, being first, being best, being the fastest, being the greatest, whatever ist word, <laughs> um, they have to be the best in everything um, and always above you, of course. So I've just written, that, written down about 10 things today um some of them you know your audience will know other ones maybe not Um so hopefully as I go through some of these things people will think oh gosh that's what my partner does or my husband or girlfriend or wife or teacher or whoever you know so yeah okay so the first thing I've got then is just the the common power games and um, we've spoken about this before um, through the use of the Cartman drama triangle that's you know the the persecutor um who's always you know criticizing and just putting the other person down and shouting at them Um so that's kind of the one corner of the triangle um and also the the victim Um so if shouting and criticizing doesn't work often narcissistic people will go down into the victim role and you know um be the, yeah, be the victim, you know, all oh, this happened to me and it's not my fault, but everything was bad towards me. <clears throat> so these are both ways of manipulating you so that they have power. The whole drama triangle, Cartman's drama triangle, is to force you into being the rescuer or the savior of the situation. But it's all basically based on the drama, the drama of the situation so just being aware ah they're they're persecuting me just now or they're in victim mode so that i will go into the rescuer position <clears throat> that immediately takes away some of their power because you're aware of the game that they're playing mm.
0: you
1: know so so things for example in the persecutor role you know if they're screaming at you i'm late for work because you didn't wake me up you know well obviously <laughs> you know it's their fault because they didn't wake up It's not your, it's not, not nobody else's fault mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um, so another one is oh you, you know you didn't leave my ironed clothes in the right place you didn't put them in the drawer or in the wardrobe or whatever no these are things that you should be doing this is not a, you know the responsibility of somebody else um, so and then in victim mode Oh you know i'm I'm having a heart attack or a brain hemorrhage or oh, I think I've got cancer in my left ear, you know like all these ridiculous way over the top things because you know I'm feeling so tired, I'm so exhausted, and I'm about, about to die any minute, just anything to get you to oh gosh, you know and then give them all the attention that they need um but again, these things are all them having complete power um so, yeah, like I say, just being aware of it is a good a good starting step. It takes a lot of their power away then just by seeing what's going on. Um, okay, so the next thing then is just them simply controlling your behavior. So we've talked about this before, just making you feel guilty for leaving or making, making you feel guilty for staying or not complying. Um, they have to be in control all the time. So if you don't comply or you leave or you stay or whatever they don't want you to do, then that's really bad. So, um, but again, if you can just be aware, oh gosh, they're controlling me. So they have power over me. Um, And again, just being aware of it, you can then maybe, you know, slightly change some of the things that you do. um, So as not to give them all the power, you know. So okay so the next thing is and these are just silly things now day-to-day that I could think of I'm sure your audience will think of a few more um, so number three I've got is just then they're, they're not answering your emails or your texts or your questions so they just like to leave you hanging um, mm-hmm. for a couple of days or whatever however long it takes just because they are holding the power so if you ask a narcissistic person a question they will just on purpose they will not answer you and they will leave you waiting 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 because that's them holding the power it's as though they know something and you don't so they have all the power <laughs> it sounds so silly, doesn't it yeah. you know so anyway that's, that's a that's
0: a that's a good example yeah even yeah. though it sounds silly but that's actually like what yes. what's happening
1: yeah and i hear this every day practically you know and i've texted but they just haven't answered you know um so and of course the more um crucial it is if it's something about a divorce or you know who's going to look after the kids or something like that really important thing you know i have a lot of people who are just going mad because they haven't answered you know so um yeah so the next thing then is um is again not answering you or giving you any feedback when you say something so it's almost as though um you know normally if you're having a conversation the other person will be, will be going oh yes or mm-hmm, or some sort of gesture to show that they're listening to you you know just to, even just a, a grunt or something a, mm-hmm, or something to you know to show that yes i'm listening to you and i've heard you Whereas a lot of narcissistic people don't, they don't seem to, well, I suppose it's the lack of empathy. They don't need, they don't have the need to reassure you that I'm listening to you. So there's just silence. And then of course, if you say it again, why are you repeating that you've already told me? Um, Or they're shouting, you know, um, how dare you interrupt me? I'm doing this or whatever. But the truth is if it doesn't affect them, they can just switch off and that's, they're not even, it's like you don't exist, you know. Um, But of course you do exist and, you know, you've said it for a reason. Um, So, yeah, it's like choosing. They can choose when they completely neglect you or they don't, suddenly they're deaf. I didn't hear you saying anything, you know, or that in fact they wouldn't even, they would say it's your fault, you're deaf. That's what they would say. (laughs) or you need to speak, there's something wrong with your voice, you need to speak up. That would be it. (laughs) So just, again, just blaming the other person for having the audacity to say something. And this is also a a thing of them not giving you any emotional supply. So, and it's just another way of showing how totally unimportant you are to them. You just don't matter at all. You know, so... It can because it's quite. If you're if you're ignored by somebody, it can it can feel really quite damaging. You know, it it really is like oh I don't even exist. You know, it's a way of gaslighting your own existence. Really, (laughs) you know, I thought I existed, but maybe I don't because nobody's hearing me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: that that would be. Scary! <laughs> scary place to be in. Like, yeah. start to doubt if you are here in the exactly. first place.
1: Yeah, that yeah. oh, is a truly like existential crisis, isn't it? Like, oh gosh, am I even alive just now? I don't even know. <laughs> so yeah. Okay, so the next one. This is just a silly example as well. This is one of my clients who mentioned this, that they had a broken arm. And the narcissistic person was just saying how much worse they had broken their leg or their whole back or they had just the biggest break ever known to man um, and uh, so it's just again whatever you happen to have um if you've broken your little finger your leg whatever you've broken you can rest sure that the narcissistic person has done it way worse or much bigger or just it was so much more painful for them Um, It's taking away anything that you have, um, you know, that would get you attention. So, yeah, (laughs) ridiculous. Uh, And this goes on to as well, when you buy something new or you have a new, you know, if you get a new car, a new house, a new coat, a new handbag, a bike. I don't know if you start a new course that you're learning something. Um, the narcissistic person just has to come in and swoop all over it and make it um, appear less <laughs> so if you've got you know your brand new car or new to you car um, and they'll come out oh I don't like the colour oh gosh there's something wrong with this bit here or oh, that doesn't work very well and they'll just criticize it because they can't bear for you to have this fantastic um car, bike, coat, whatever it is they have to find the flaws, you know, because if you have a something that then puts you above them and they can't have that, so they have to put it down. So it's outrageous mm-hmm. <laughs> and so silly. These things just don't matter, do they? Yeah. You know? So, And I've heard a lot as well about people who have, you know, joined a new course or, you know, maybe a, a year course or something. Um, and then they have they basically, the narcissistic person has said that they can do it already or that they need to start doing the course as well. Just, and they do actually start the course sometimes um, and they even do, you know, a couple of weeks they might do. But of course, they can't be bothered putting in all the hard work and, you know, it does take a lot of work, these courses. Um, so, um, but they, yeah, it's just again trying to minimize it. Mm. Um and trying to make it oh that's just nothing. Any anybody can do that. You know. So yeah. I think as well when you're in it, you just can't quite see it all clearly because you're in it. Um it's often when you're out of it that you can look back and you go, Oh gosh, why on earth was I putting up with that? You know? But when you're in it you probably can't see it quite as clearly. So Oh, another thing I put here is don't never if you can never ask for a favor or money Um, because the second that you ask for example can I you know can you lend me some money then they that's ammunition that they can use over and over again for well for the rest of your life actually (laughs) even if you've only asked one time you've asked for some money and they will bring it up over and over and over again until the day that we all die (laughs) you know, because they did something for you. Um, yeah, they'll just, they'll twist it round and it can fit into their narrative and whatever situation they're in. So yeah. yeah. Mm. Yes. And also if you do ask them to help you ever, they'll really begrudge doing it cause it's inconvenience to them. So they might just do it and do a really bad job or, um, they almost purposely make a mess of it so that you can't ask them ever again to help them. <laughs> of course, they don't want to help, <laughs> you know. So, okay, so the next one then. So the the last two things are sort of quite similar. So if you're very good at something and they are not good at the same thing, then they'll invite you to do it so that they can be better at it than you are, if you see what I mean.
0: <laughs> mm. Okay. So let's
1: say, for example, they're very good at, um, I don't know. You can't think of any. They're very good at kickboxing and you haven't done kickboxing in your life. Then they'll purposely invite you along to kickboxing so they can show to you how great they are at kickboxing and show to you how rubbish you are. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then the last one is the same. If you're good at something, then they will never, ever, ever go with you to do that thing mm. because it, it would just be too much for them. So they can't ever praise you or acknowledge that you're good at something um, and they'll just make sure that they never actually, you know, see it. They never have to do it with you ever again because they just won't, you know. So if you're very good at, you know, I don't know, whatever you're good at, Um they just, yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't come along with that, with you to that thing, cause it would be too, that would be too much. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, yeah. So that was my very short and sweet list of power games today, but Thank I'm sure you. there are many more
0: yeah. that your
1: audience will, they can probably write in and, and you know, say some more things, mm. uh, but it's these kind of ideas really that they happen all the time on a day to day basis. Um, So it becomes so normal that you forget, you forget really, you know.
0: Yeah, so. like you don't, like, then maybe you again realize how, like, silly and ridiculous those things are if you do, for example, open up to someone who, who is outside of the relationship and kind of looking from the outside point of view. And yeah. <laughs> you happen to mention some of those things, then seeing the reaction of other people might be, again, like a reminder, like... Uh, how ridiculous those things are and well before um before wrapping this up can you just quickly remind kind of uh why knowing about these power games uh helps us to detach from the narcissist
1: I think it just makes it clearer in your head that really they are only after power and they're only after being superior to everybody else so if you can because when you're in it, they they will say, oh, you're, you know, you're going mad or you're making this up or I didn't say, say that at all. So you're sort of emotionally hooked into it again. So you then it becomes a trying to be right in the argument and your ego takes over. Um, whereas if you can see it, if you can just stand one step back and see that, gosh, this is just a game that they play. They're just playing this silly game. Day in, day out, trying to prove to themselves and the world that they are so much more superior than every other person on the planet. Um, you know, then I think then you can it's just it's just kind of detaching yourself again. It's taking yourself one step back and being able to see it. Because when you're in it, it's really hard to see what's going on. Mm. You know, like I said earlier, it's only when you come out of it that you can look back and go, Oh gosh, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're just aware of some of these games and maybe, you know, again, for your audience, maybe some people will have slightly different things, but maybe there'll be something in the list I've just said, there'll be something, Oh gosh, my, whoever does that and they do that, or, you know, there'll be something similar, maybe, um, that you think, Oh gosh, that is about power. Mm -hmm. you know so until somebody else points it out to you you're often you just go along with it not thinking for a second there's anything wrong
0: yeah
1: (laughs) you know so that's why i feel i feel like i repeat myself a lot and a lot of it is saying the same stuff but hopefully every time i say it something different maybe somebody else will go oh that's the same as what my partner does
0: Mm -hmm. you know
1: so it's just it's just sort of it's hopefully shining a light on things that aren't great (laughs) um and of course it's easier just to ignore these things and carry on with life and um but actually it will it will um pull you back in the end
0: Mm. maybe easier in the short term but very detrimental in the long
1: term exactly Yeah, yeah
0: yeah Yeah, thank you so much. I think this was a great overview. So yeah, I want to thank you. Thank everyone for listening. And thank you, Luciana, so much for coming to this episode again. Okay, thank you. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share the episode with your friends and family. Have a wonderful rest of your day and see you in the next episode.